0: Gene laughed at the, he laughed at the last set because I did make, well, and I'm reading it right from here. That's already messed up. (laughs) I said, no, this is crazy, but you heard me mess this one up. Let us exact his, no, let us exalt. It's spelled wrong that we are cleaning that up. We're cleaning it up. They were from the very beginning and we do need, we're trying to get the PDF on this so we can actually redo, because I like the way it looks. They, they look good, so, but praise God. Um, Jean thought after listening to a few of them that it would help to tell a little bit what the purpose, why are you reciting these? Um Praise God. All right, let me just review a couple things. Is anybody else coming in? Okay, good, good, good. Well, really quick, I'm just going to put up a a scripture that's not on here, and I talked about this morning, so this will be a good little review for it. Go ahead and put up Proverbs 23.7, Proverbs 23.7, and this is just a nice verse that the Lord's been having me meditate on, and, um, and when we put it in perspective to what God has called us to do, and we taught it this morning in, um, in our real estate class. So Proverbs 23, it is awesome. We have to start thinking like God thinks. And anytime we're going through a trial, a tribulation, or whatever we're going through our lives, we have to first change our thinking to think, well, how does God think in this moment? How does God think in this transaction? How does God think in my trial, my trouble, my oppression? And Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, isn't that amazing? So as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you notice, these are lowercase. Because whatever Emily thinks in her heart about Emily, then Emily will be that. That's good and bad, right? Whatever, Whatever Robin thinks in her heart about Robin, Robin will be that. Now, that goes both ways. If we think thoughts about ourselves that aren't thoughts that were laid in the foundation of God, then if we say... If we say, "I just can't get up and do that," "I just can't get up and do that," "I just can't get up and do that," well, then guess what's going to happen? You can't get up and do that. Even all the people that have been saved and, and experienced miracles from Jesus, if they were, if the woman with the issue of the blood was saying, "Well, I just, I just bleed. I'm just going to keep bleeding," well, what ha- would what ha- what happen? She would what? keep bleeding. But because she saw herself not bleeding and she wanted that healing and she heard about Jesus, what happened? She got what? Healed. So we actually, meditation on the word helps us start to think like God thinks. Do you know what I mean? And then also meditation on the word helps us to instruct us what to do with that word when it's revealed to us. If the Lord reveals to me a word, I love this. You know who experienced this yesterday? Mimi, Mimi came in here and worship. She ran into the kid's room because she heard the Holy Spirit say to her, do not fear, even gave her the verse. Now that's pretty amazing. When you just get saved and you start submitting, she was out here worshiping and she was submitting her thoughts to God. So think about that. For as he thinks in his heart, so is He. So Mamie was out here thinking, and she was giving her heart to the Holy Spirit. When she gave her heart to the Holy Spirit, she heard about it was a verse in Genesis about "Do not fear, and it was given to Abraham when Abraham was moving from one land to an other. Well, you know if something is God, because one of the first things God's going to say to us is what? Do not fear? It's, he tells that to all his people in the Bible because he doesn't want us to fear because we're moving out of a land that we controlled into a land that he's going to control. All right. So I want you and where is that land in us today? I said it this morning in real estate, right? Robin's a piece of property. Her soul is that New Testament garden. Niana is a piece of property owned by God who has a soul to make choices, but we want her mind to think as God thinks of her, not what she's already decided she is or any adult or anybody who's already laid certain seeds. Do you know what I mean? Because that happens. Everybody, hey, I got yelled at the other day. You know what I mean? And it wasn't bad. It didn't have anything to do with me. It was just that person was angry. And when a person's angry, you can't always tell them to be able to see something. You have to sit there and just let them be angry. How many times have we let somebody just be angry? Well, you know where your soul is if you can just let somebody be angry and you don't get angry. Like, that's peace, right? So when you look at yourself as I am his property, and if I submit my land to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to tell you what your land needs to hear. But now you actually have to do what? Obey it. When Mimi heard the voice of the Lord say to her, and now she has just got saved, she is just growing up in this. She confessed all her sin. She went down the list. She was awesome. You know, I kept saying, I did, when she, I did, it was so funny because when she went down her list and the one thing she was most afraid was to say that she smoked marijuana. Now I have never smoked marijuana, so I don't know what it's like, but I kept saying, Chris, I asked Chris later, why do you think it was marijuana that had her so, and because he said, that's illegal. The other stuff wasn't illegal. Everything else on her list was legal. You get it, Kenrick? Yeah. Nothing else was really illegal. There's actually, you know what I mean? But marijuana, you can get arrested for that. She was up here. I have one more thing <laughs> publicly. Who knows if there's a police officer sitting in the building, right? But you imagine how she was like, when she went like that, I don't know if I can do it. Uh, why? Because the world already set an outline for that, okay? So that's why I loved it. The hardest one is because she already knew that there's a law in the world against that. But boy, think about how many times she hit the enemy. The enemy was probably standing there taking the hit. Oh, she's not going to do that. Oh, she's not going to do that. Okay, because somewhere in her heart, when the Holy Spirit, when we confess Christ in our heart and we start believing, there's a measure we believe in faith. That doesn't mean we we completely believe the whole spectrum because he's going to, the Holy Spirit's going to rot us into it. Rot means to hammer out. Okay, when you wrought a piece of iron, you're taking a hammer and you're what? Hammering it into a shape. Okay, well, that's what the Holy Spirit does with us. It's the little man inside. And he's got a hammer and he is starting to what? From the inside out. He is trying to take dominion and push out the other things, the wrong things that we think. We think wrong things about ourselves. And I don't care. We do. And it took me a long time to really believe that those things were real about me. But then once I believed that they were real and he really was doing changes in my life, man, you just became more humble because he sees us in such a beautiful light. It makes you want to serve the Lord. It makes you want to do... I'm so impressed with Emily. Emily, Emily, you don't know this, but when Emily was in the children's room, no kidding, people just go in, watch her get exhausted, move out, right? I mean, because it's exhausting. I see Emily sweeping and I went to Charlene and I said, did anybody tell Emily she was supposed to sweep or something? And she said, no, Emily's just doing it. I was like, praise God, Emily, right? But Emily was doing it because she wants to serve God. She was doing it out of the service for the Lord. I mean, little things like that, when we do it, not because of what we gain, I'm lifting her up because God wants to lift her up in that. You know, I mean, I am I am bragging on the love that God changes us. Yeah. Then he starts changing how we do things and we're not doing anything for a return because he's already got the return plan for you. He already has the return plan for you. He will lift you up in due season. That's why he says whatever you do in private, whether it's prayer, whether it's help somebody out, whether it's give, he's got to do season to raise you up and honor you in that same thing. So we have to start thinking as God thinks of us. And in here he tells us, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. That means no matter what, God set up the order, no matter what you think. If you're going to think, I can't make it, then you're not going to make it. But then if you say, I can't make it, but you need to find that scripture that says, do not be afraid. Because in what you think you can't make it, that means you're what? Afraid. There's something, there's fear in you. And so God really tells us that in our sanctification time, which we talked about last week, sanctification... Is a cultivation of holiness by the Holy Spirit and truth. So, sanctification is when you know you are called by God, you are called to be set apart. And in that, that means there's going to be a cultivation of holiness by the Holy Spirit. And it says, it is a washing of the sinful nature and its deceptions, thus leading to a total dedication to God. Now I like this. We went over this this morning, and I do have to go over it because it just makes me laugh. And me loves this. But go to Joel chapter one, verses two, three, and four, because we have to get this. We have to get, we get sanctified so that the Holy Spirit can change this piece of property, and take the inhabitants that are the thoughts that are not of Him, and replace it with those verses that are of Him, and then we put those in us and we meditate on them, then we start thinking them. Thomas loves the class. <laughs> it's so cute. I can't take it. It, it really is looking, him. it's just so adorable he is cute. Okay. So Joel one through four, this is funny because I think a long time ago, Jean had already taught a lesson on this, but this week it hit me, you know, as I was meditating on sanctification because God really wants to change what's in the soul. Cause that is the New Testament garden. It says, hear this, you aged men. You know, I love that. When I think of aged men, I didn't come in this door until I was 40 years old, right? I was aged physically, right? I was aged. And I didn't know those thoughts that he had for me. I was still living in the thoughts that I wanted to have for me. Or the thoughts that I already believed. What are my weaknesses? What are my strengths? But it says, hear this, you aged man. And give ear all you inhabitants of the land. I like that. Give ear all you inhabitants of the land. Sometimes you have to speak into the ear. You have to hear what somebody is saying. Because the inhabitants that live in this land are the thoughts that God has not put there. They're the thoughts that somebody else planted. And it says all you and so it's not about you, it's about the inhabitants that are in <laughs> that are in your land. Has such a thing as this occurred in your days or even the days of your father? That means there's an awakening that happens in your soul when you start realizing, I don't want to think like this anymore. I don't want to think about myself. I don't want to think I'm fat. I don't want to think I'm stupid. I don't want to think I'm ugly. I don't want to think whatever you think. I can't make it. Do you know what I mean? I'll never make it. You know, if you think you can't make it, then you're trying to accomplish something that God didn't have for you. Because if he has something for you, like what he told Mamie, he already told her, do not be what? Afraid. So that means there's going to be some thought processes that have to move out But whatever he's called you to do, there is something in you, in your spirit, that spurs. This this is going to happen. This this is really going to. There is an expectation that is faith. It's faith filled. Faith starts to increase. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It is an increase that builds up in you to accomplish what God has put there for you to do. (laughs) It's like he's really listening, which he is because he's taking it in. All right. So sanctification begins by being separated so we can know what inhabitants are really living in our land. What really lives up here? We don't know that until we start getting separated. It says has such a thing as this ever occurred in your days or even in the days of your father next verse. Tell your children of it and let your children tell their children and their children another generation. That means whatever happens in your life is going to affect Phineas's life. Whatever happens in your life is going to affect Neanna's life. Whatever happens in Debbie's life is going to affect little Thomas's life. And whatever happens in any of our lives are going to affect our children as we go along. I use this example. If somebody came up to you and hit you on the back of the head every day and say, "Wake up, listen to me. Hit you on the head," right? What are you going to do to your children? You're going to hit them on the you're going to hit them on the head. And then what your children going to do to their brothers and sisters? Hit them on the head. <laughs> I think it's funny. I remember when we were little, we used to get grabbed by the arm. <laughs> Look at the parent, right? Well, what's the first thing you do with your kids? Grab them. I used to grab Rachel by the arm. I did the same thing. But anyway, do you see how we, we actually pass on generational curses? How we communicate, the tone in which we communicate, the action behind it. We actually pass that on. But he says, if you're willing to let the awakening of the land the New Testament garden, your soul to be renewed day by day, and you get the old inhabitants moved out and the new coming in. Now it says, he says, now tell your children of it. Tell the testimony of God. Tell the word of God and let your children tell their what? Their children. God, kids only repeat what you have told them when Rachel was three, I beat her bottom because she threw a toy down the stairs. I have told that story so many times. Guess who else tells it? Rachel. Rachel, you ask her, do you remember that? Nope. She only remembers what I told her. I wish I told her I never spanked her that day. Do you know what I mean? Because she wouldn't even know she got spanked, you know? But do you get what I'm saying? We actually tell stories and we tell stories and we repeat them. Go to the next verse. So now When God is changing something and he's going to move out an old thought and bring in a new thought in your sanctification, I love this. Here is how the order, God is really showing you where you're at. It says, what the crawling locust left, I'm just going to read the whole thing first and then we're going to go backwards. The swarming locust has eaten and what the swarming locust left, the hopping locust has eaten and what the hopping locust left. The stripping locust has eaten. Okay, so there's four words in here. We have crawling, right? Swarming, hopping, stripping. Okay, so think about this. When God says, I'm going to call into that land, and now I'm going to start changing it, I'm going to tell you, there's some things in your soul that crawl, swarm, hop, and strip that start activating themselves up. They start they start stirring up, okay. So how do you know somebody's fighting sanctification? Their their words are just stripping down people, right? They are just onto people. That's they are just knocking people down. They are just they can't they can't but tell everybody what's wrong in them by telling it's wrong by telling the other person what's wrong with them, okay? So how do you know that you're about to be sanctified and put in a different area? How, what's a sign? You are so unhappy that all you could do is keep stripping down other people. How many of us have been there? You know what I mean? Stripping down, stripping down, finding something to just bring somebody else into their nakedness when God is calling you into your nakedness. (laughs) All right. But now let's look at this. So here's how it all starts. There is a crawling locust left in our soul. It's a little creature of a thought that we think about ourselves, and it crawls in there. When love, light, and truth gets heard from the outside, now it increases and it starts to what? Swarm. That means it goes and it goes and it goes and it goes and it keeps circling and circling and circling. I'm going to just, you know, most of us are girls here, right? So how many have ever thought, oh, I'm fat, right? I I, I need to be thinner. Come on. So there's something that tells you that you're not like that. All right so that's the crawling locus, But then the swarming locus keeps you what? Repeating it. Do I look okay? You'll ask somebody, do I look fat in this? And then you're hoping that they say what? No. No, but you really think you are, right? But what I'm saying is it keeps swarming you. I need to go exercise. I need to go do this. I need to go do that. Things actually start to swarm and possess your mind on something God didn't ask you to think about. I really want you to think about this. For the men, I don't know what an example of what a man thinks. You know what I mean? I just know what girls tend to think right away. Does this look good? You know, oh, if I had this, I would feel better. But no, we can only feel better by the thoughts that are in our soul. And are those thoughts the thoughts of God? He knows the thoughts he has for you. He knows the plans he has for you. All right? So then whatever's on your mind, even if it's about another person, you start swarming the thought, increase it, increase it. okay. Then you know you've shifted into third gear, right? When you start picking up the phone and talking to everybody about it. How many times have you picked up the phone and you talk to this person about it? And you're not happy really with what you get there. So you pick up the phone and you what? Call someone else about it, right? And you're not necessarily happy there. So you're always looking for that one person that's going to carouse with you in that thought. Sometimes we really want somebody to tell us that thought. But, you know, the whole time we're really calling out for our soul to be changed. We're really calling out to God to come and pull us into a different position of sanctification. He really is saying, separate yourself unto me. Let me teach you how I think about you. And then meditate on that. And you'll actually, just like the verse we started with, you will actually start to believe that that is what he thinks of you and what your heart believes, so he will be. So you'll actually start becoming that. When we start realizing God has created us with a plan and it's his plan and he'll reveal that plan, we should be getting up a day excited every day because he has something for us to do for that day. And we can't, we won't be let down. It, we hope will not disappoint if he sends it that way. So you know that if you're on the hopping phone line and you feel you've got to include everybody around you on that, now I have to say, when you're in a family you know what I mean? I have grew up in a family of six. That's a very dangerous amount of number <laughs> because one's always got to know what the other one's doing, how they're doing, blah, blah, blah. And then there's always going to be sibling rivalry, sibling, you know, uh, what do you call it? Competition. You know, those things always happen. But think about it. A hopping lotus means you're actually now going out of your soul and your voice is now speaking it out, speaking it out. And what does it say? Whatever you're going to believe in your thought, you will be. So the more you start stripping down somebody else in your words, and you start telling everybody else what you really think, and they are not the thoughts of God, look at the damage that's going to be coming back to you. It says, all right, so think about this. There is a root in each of our souls that we don't know where the crawling came from. There is always a seed that was laid there, but it starts to crawl, then it swarms, then it hops, and then it strips. Go to the next verse. Go to verse 5. He doesn't like talking about locuses. You know what the most interesting thing about a locust that I read in, my, um, in this Bible? It said at the bottom that locuses are unknown to where they come from. Isn't that interesting fact? They're unknown to how they come about. So when we start acting in those orders... There because there's something unknown in our mind that we just don't know. And God is wanting to put us aside and show us what, his real, what he really thinks of us. So do you understand what I'm saying? I thought it was interesting when it says, the exact identity of these locuses is unknown. We wouldn't act a certain way if we knew it. I really do believe that. I believe that everybody's good. I believe everybody wants to do good. So I believe that if you don't know why something is happening or why you're acting that way and why does this thought reoccur, that's because it comes from an unknown place. The locust attacks come from an unknown place, but yet God says if you surrender it and lift it up to Him, He will show you that truth. He will show it to you. You can turn that music just a little knockdown. It says, "Awake, you drunkards, and weep, wail, all you drinkers of wine." because the flood, because the fresh sweet juice of the grape, for it is cut off and it was moved from your mouth. Now think about this. So as we're growing and getting this thought shifting change, okay, he already tells us, you know, he's going to keep us in a mourning. He's going to keep us in a frustration. He's going to keep us in a place where we will weep and we will mourn because we want to know where the truth is. For it is cut off and removed from your mouth. If you really surrender yourself to God's order of sanctification, he's actually going to start revealing who are you stripping? Who who is your food chain? That means who are you feeding? Do you know what I mean? He's going to start cutting it down one layer at a time until he can get to that creepy crawly, that root in your soul that God then wants to what? Change that thought. All right, when we can change that thought. So sanctification first begins with separation from the heathen contamination. If we actually sanctify ourselves and separate ourselves and consecrate ourselves unto God, then guess what? You are going to have some increase in your locuses, but at the same time, they're going to lose because they're losing their power. Think about if we could all just give up our cell phones for a week. No, seriously, could we all do it? Yeah, like, you know what I mean? I like it. I mean, I think it's cool. Separating us from heathen contamination and its pollution of the soul, abstaining and shrinking from those sins and devices and things that we have done. So a sanctification is a season of time ordered by the Holy Spirit to remove from the soul what blocks the flow. The new birth allowed it to demonstrate God's glory in our physical life. So remember, as we change from the inside out, our spirit starts to increase, but our soul starts to get renewed. And the spirit, they start working as one. Sanctification is a season of time ordered by the Holy Spirit to remove from the soul what blocks the flow of the new birth. It allows it To demonstrate God's glory in your physical life so as we start growing and maturing and our spirit and our soul start working as one and that means the word is taking its right place in the soul and now it will manifest into our physical life we'll start experiencing God's glory in our physical life I always tell this testimony I think it's a great testimony When I first came here, I used to be able to close my eyes, and when I closed my eyes, I could see creatures in my eyelids. You know how like your eyelids are black when you close them. And then I started realizing when what I was seeing on my eyelids was in me. Do you know what I mean? And there were some dragons, and there were some like fierce things I would see. But the moment I started, the Lord pulled me into sanctification, and I started meditating on the scriptures, like some of these scriptures that we read from the references of life before we started, I started getting sick. There, I started physically getting fevers, getting sick, and not feeling good. Okay, what was happening? There was an inside stirring of my spirit that connected to be the spirit of truth was pulling me into sanctification. But now my soul had all these creatures I could see. You know what I mean? I couldn't see them on the outside, because I could see them when I close my eyes and see them on the inside. But what was amazing as I would read the scriptures out, I would feel like I was getting worse. I felt like I was getting worse because now the crawling was swarming. The swarming was hopping. But when I cut off everything around me, there was no more stripping and hopping. So now there was just the swarm. But it knew the devil knew that when I was going to speak the word of God and believe it and start that faith of confessing and believing that he would have to what? Exit this physical body because God wants to glorify us in our physical body today. So if we, if we, it's a new birth being regenerated within, with an outside manifestation. And then I used, to, I felt things lifting out of my body. I felt physical things. It would leave my body. I started reaching one time, because I, I did. I reached. I kept thinking, don't reach. Why am I reaching? Because I think that felt so good. Whatever left me. I, hey, they didn't, they didn't leave with name tags. <laughs> I, when they lifted out, they didn't have little name tags of what their names were. But I knew that's... And you know what? We don't see ourselves as having junk. We think that everything we're doing is right. But when I saw them, I felt it leave. I would get sick. Then all of a sudden, I remember one time I text Jean. Yep, I keep getting sicker. I'm not, this is not working. I was laying there with the scriptures. Oh, And he wrote back, I just got texting in big, bold letters, keep confessing the Scriptures. Keep reading the Scriptures. Because as you meditate on a Scripture, and you speak it, and meditate, and speak it, and study it, and really get to that Scripture, your physical body then becomes the Scripture. Just like it says in Proverbs 23, 7, what we think is what we will be. That's really strong. So if we think of ourselves as the word of God, then what will we be? Whatever that word says we are. So if he says we're wonderfully and creatively made and we truly meditate on that, then guess what we're going to start feeling about ourselves? I am wonderfully and creatively made. He already had a plan destined for me and he already had a path for me to go. And he wants us to live in righteousness, peace, and joy. Now to me, the joy part was hard. I got it. I was in right standing. And I started feeling some peace on and, you know what I mean? The more the scripture was in me, but then to actually feel like I could have the fullness of joy. Come on. When we're used to falling into depression and those locuses, they make combs in us, man, that's why God says he has set this in his order. The word says for that he called a consecration to us and it's in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. He said, for this is the will of God, that you shall be consecrated. I like this because he wants to cut off all those negative words that we say, and he wants to bring us a refreshing in what the words we can say. First Thessalonians says, for this is the will of God, that you shall be consecrated, separated, and set apart for your pure and holy living, that you should abstain and shrink from all sexual vice. Well, and what that means is getting your mind out of thinking worldly and fleshly and getting yourself drawn into, I like it, like the ark. It's like Noah. He had to call all the animals, everything into the ark because there was going to be a great what? Flood for a great con- a, a stripping of things. So you have to think about it. God already has put it in the plan for us to be consecrated unto him. For that season, ordered by the Holy Spirit to remove from the soul What blocks it? Like the locusts. The locusts block it. I love it. We can judge how bad the locust is too. So it's awesome. Go ahead to Ezekiel 38.23. Ezekiel 38.23 says, Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. The word tells us that he cannot deny himself in us. So wherever we are on this chart, Christ is sitting in the center. The light is bursting. The more we get the word and sanctified and we grow through the trials, he grows more within us. And then when he says, I will magnify myself and sanctify myself. So there are times that we, how many have ever felt like that going into a fast Or you really just didn't want to go out and be around people. The Holy Spirit's already working something in you to pull you into that private space so that he can magnify himself in you. So he can sanctify himself in you. He wants to dwell within us. And I will be known in the eyes of many nations. They shall know that I am the Lord. That means when you get yourself into that type of consecration, the changes that you experience from the outside People say, What happened to you? What happened to you? (gasps) Wow, what happened to you? That means the out, that is how he draws the nations to himself. Because when people see the changes, you, this ministry is so powerful and so awesome. Because why? People come in here and they go, Wow, that's Carl. Wow, that's Kenrick. Wow, that's Todd. Wow, that's Gene. Well, I mean, we hear it all the time about Gene. We meet people that knew Gene from 20 years ago, and they go, wow, that's Gene? All right. That's how you know the eyes of many nations. Nations are all the people that are out there that haven't come into the sanctification of Christ yet. But they are out there, and they see, and then they're what? Drawn. We are called to draw the nations. Now, I have to tell you this. When I met Robin and Emily, I met them, it had to be six years ago. It has to be five years ago. Almost six years when I met Robin and Emily, Robin's not, Robin's not the same. My eyes go, oh, wow, right? Emily, it's, <laughs> they're both completely different. But who could have done that? God. God. Only God could do that. But that's also because they made a choice. They also made a choice to connect and to start dealing with what was in their soul. And so isn't that beautiful how God has already set this order? John 17, 17 says, John 17, 17. And what time is it? Okay. It says, sanctify them by your truth. The word is truth. Now we opened up for whatever the heart thinks, so he will be. Okay, well, the Lord says, sanctify them by your truth. That means spend time with Him in the Word of God. Find and search the scriptures of what God is saying about you. Write them down. When Mimi heard yesterday, Mimi heard yesterday, and she ran into the kids' room, she just heard, do not fear. So, what is God wanting her to meditate on? Do not fear. He is sanctifying her with the Word of truth. And he says, she looked it up in the Bible, Genesis and 36, and it said, she looked at that word, your word is truth. And she just kept reading it over like this. Do not fear. Do not fear. It was when Abraham was leaving one land of thinking and moving into a land God had blessing for him. And he was going to teach Abraham what he needed to know. Wasn't that awesome? Mimi, Mimi, Mimi was getting it. You know what I mean? Mimi was taking her first word that the Holy Spirit was going to guarantee her success if she doesn't what? Fear. If she does not fear, she has guaranteed success. So every day she should be meditating just on that one verse. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. Because what's going to happen to her? There'll be a moment where she's what? going to feel that fear. She even told me she had a moment where she's, she's usually meets a couple of people at the park and she knows she's not supposed to do that anymore. So I think it's funny how she's like, she's afraid that they'll be what? Mad at her. How many have we come and we know God gives us a word, but we're so afraid about what other people will think. So we don't abide in it. You know what I mean? We, we think, well, God wouldn't want me to separate from a person because we're supposed to love one another. OK, well, sanctification, when you take it seriously and you feel that drawling, he's not going to have you hurt another person, but he's going to already set the instruction. So anytime she has that thought, I told Mimi, well, if you want to go to the park, the first thing you're supposed to say is what? Do not fear. Invite the Holy Spirit in and then the Lord will lead her in that way. So it's beautiful. He says, sanctify them by your truth. That's the Holy Spirit. So we get sanctified by the truth that he is telling us your word is truth. You know, as a lot of people grow in the word of God, what I have noticed is a lot of people sit and confess the word, but that doesn't mean, and they're hoping that that word will come true for them. They really are. They really, this whole, I spent some time with Brooke and Brooke really grew up in the phase of the name it and what I call it, name it and claim it. Now, remember, I was sitting in a dead church. We didn't talk about anything like that. So I didn't catch those days. I, didn't, I heard that when I started coming in here because people would talk about that. I would meet customers that knew Gene, and they would be like, yep, I saw that land. I just claimed it. And, but what he, I know it is kind of cute. I was like almost getting into it. Oh, you can name it and claim it? You know what I mean? Like there is a fantasy that wouldn't we love to just be able to name and claim something? Do you know what I mean? Get what we want right when we say it? Sure. But that wouldn't be God's order. He wants us to have things that He has planned for us. He wants us to expect the things He has on that path for us. And He doesn't want us ever to deny Him, but He wants us to truly search the Scripture and allow His Spirit to reveal to you the revelation of that Word. And then guess what? You can name that Word and you can claim that Word, and it's going to do everything it's supposed to do. The Word does not come back void. Do you see what I'm saying? It takes... a um, you hear a lot of people say this, and I know it is in the Bible, but it says, um, show yourself approved, study and show yourself approved, study and show yourself approved. When we spend time with God in our sanctification time, which you are, to, you should have a sanctification time every day. There is, there is full-blown sanctification, but then there is that time every day that you sanctify yourself unto the Lord. And in that time, he's going to give you a scripture that's going to edify you. It's going to instruct you. It's going to correct you. It's going to lead you in the way of life. But he says, he's, it, what did I say? Approved? No, yes, yeah, study and show yourself approved. Well, that means that's a person who is actually sanctifying themselves by his word. And they are actually believing that your Christ's word is truth. That what he has come to die for is truth. It is the truth, the truth, the way the truth, and the life. It really does. He wants to show you that order. Go ahead to Ephesians 5, 26, 27, and we're going to end with there. And we'll continue, just to let you know, I'll tell you how many more teachings we have on sanctification. Um, we will be able to round it up next week. So that'll be good. Okay, Ephesians 526 27 says, that he might say... Mm. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. When we are drawn, our spirit is drawn to this word and we're, we're, we're working with the word now. There is a period of time that he says, I might sanctify and cleanse her. You know, our soul has to be cleansed by the washing of the word. And it's the washing of water by the word, because think about it. Think about all the dirty spots and the stains and everything we have in our soul. You know what I mean? And those beliefs, those are thoughts that not how God thinks. All right. So he says that he might, his whole purpose is to pre- present her to himself. He wants the wash bride and her soul to be presented to himself. You know, I hit a point in worship in the very beginning when I started listening to worship and started pressing in. There were times I didn't even feel like it was me. There are times I feel like this now where it's not me getting up. It's almost like the spirit in me cannot wait to connect to its partner. Do you know what I mean? And you're so excited that when you feel it rise and you feel it connecting, you know it's not even your energy. You know it's the energy within you. It's actually that he might present her to himself a glorious church. I want you to think about this. Every word that you gain in him, that your mind gets washed by the water of that word, you've just established a place of eternity up in heaven with with God. And he can't deny that place in you. He can't deny it. Go to 2 Corinthians What was that one from this morning? Chapter 5, verses 1 through 2. There is a weight of glory that we have up in the heavenlies that every time we go from one word where it becomes anchored, rooted, grounded in what it's called to do, that he actually presents her to himself. Now, this is deep, but we do this in worship. Every measure that I grow... In the word and then that word becomes implanted that word becomes rooted that word becomes grounded in my what soul that means the old and the old moved out and the new moved in and when it became grounded then all of a sudden it's presenting itself herself there is an inner self That of the Holy Spirit that actually looks and presents itself back to the heavens in your worship. Does this make sense? Am I even making it sound sense? It lifts up. It's not you. But it wants to be with Jesus. It wants to be with the Father. It wants to lift up. It says, for we know that if our earthly house is a tent, is destroyed. Okay, we do have a physical body. And one day that physical body is going to what? It is going to pass away. We have a building from God. I like it. We build that house in heaven. There's a building already. I don't, I mean, I think I know what it looks like. You know what I mean? I have a feeling what I think my house looks like up there. But up in heaven, I'm already building a house that has nothing to do with this physical house. Oh, (laughs) that's okay. He says that he has come to give us life eternally and abundant life. Well, as we're working out our life here on earth, he wants to give us abundant life here on earth. But at the same time, as we build this relationship with him one word of a time, it's a building made from God, a house not made with hands. It's eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, we earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. Now, okay, when you think back on, on Ephesians, that he might present the church to himself in a glorious splendor, that means every word that grows in us and becomes grounded, it becomes so purified that when we give it up to him, all right, and we meet that There is, I love this, for in this we groan. We earnestly desire to be clothed with our habitation is from heaven. That's how I feel when I have, I'll jump up and I will get into a place. And I'm connecting with heaven. And I feel clothed. I feel different. My body feels different. My soul feels different. But he's taking me up into what? My, my, My heavenly habitation. So the inhabitants of the soul has moved out right? And then the word has moved in, lifting my soul into that third heaven. Does everybody get that? Okay, it becomes a lifting, presenting yourself unto him in worship. I know that's pretty deep because he says, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, she might be holy and faultless. Well, when we abide in that word and that word becomes us, and we abide in that word, stick with that word, apply that word, we become that word, we actually become holy and faultless. It doesn't make a difference what the battle was, but when the victory is ours, we're in that place. Isn't that awesome? It says, and we earnestly desire to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. Go to the next verse. Go to the next one. I think it's three. For we know that if our earthly house, that, nope, habitation with from heaven, if indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found what? Naked. That means you're so comfortable with what God has created you to be in His Word that there is no thinking of nakedness. That's why look at Adam and Eve in the garden. They didn't know they were what? Naked. It's when they fell into sin, they separated, they felt that separation from God. You know, we worship God to maintain that relationship and we meditate on the word to become set apart and holy unto him. The word washing it, our souls being washed, changes us into that position of holiness. So praise the Lord. All right. So remember Proverbs 23, seven, put that up again. I want everybody to remember this tonight when they go home. Sanctify your mind unto Christ. Sanctify your mind unto the word. Know, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. I want you to keep in mind, you can spend time eating and drinking with all the thoughts that are not of God. And remember, those you will befall those. But if you're willing to spend time and find all the scriptures And meditate and be led by the Holy Spirit. He guarantees you the success of the washing of the soul in that area of your life. Whatever area that you're working on. He is going to change you because he wants you to think his thoughts. His thoughts are the word of God. And so we have to find those. He gives us instruction. He gives us direction. He gives us correction. So praise God. God wants to redeem everything back unto your life. You know what? It takes takes a lot of time to truly believe the faith that he truly has forgiven us. But then as you spend more time with him, you do feel differently. You feel the changes. So praise God. Does anybody have any questions? Go ahead. Hold on. We're going to get our tape right on this one. Mike. Oh, no. Go ahead. Ready? Can you catch? No, I'm good. Ready? You getting in the motion? Just that's good. This is good. Yeah. Ready? Hey. <laughs> I knew she was going to get it. Go ahead. I wanted her to be 100% successful.
1: Go ahead.
2: Um, oh, okay. Well, yesterday, um, Chris was talking about, you know, don't worry about uh, being fed. You know, God will provide and all that stuff like that. So, after... I went and got something to eat, and the lady was like, you're good. We got you. And I'm like, what? So I stood there for a second, and she was like, you're good. She was like, go home, get some rest. You don't have to pay for it. We got you. And it, I was just this stuck. This today? This was yesterday after the word yesterday. Oh. Like I was just in
0: shock. I was just like. Where did you go? Uh, um, Chipotle. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it just. But yeah, that was it. <laughs> that was a backing up the word. Yeah. He will back up his word with action.
2: Yeah. And last night's class was really, really good because Chris was saying, if you don't have faith, then you're living in sin. You know, if you don't trust God to like pay your bills or if you're fearing that, you know, when's the next time you're going to eat and all that stuff like that. So it was just awesome because she texted me probably about an hour after class saying, you know, God just showed himself. Like this lady just said that my food was on on the house, you know. So I thought that was really good because, as um, Tara is transitioning, God is showing Himself to let her know, like yeah. this is Him, like He is with you, and it's all going to be okay. Yeah, so I thought that was powerful.
0: But it's believing in the word you heard. It's so like we said in the beginning. Even the lady with the issue of blood, or the man who was waiting at the pools of Bethesda, Bethesda, they still had to move in action. They had to, and the action is believing. You have to actually believe in the word He's telling you to do. So, if Chris taught about having faith missing faith is not believing and that you're going to be taken care of well god just boom prove to him see i do take care of you but you still have to connect with him see missing the mark of faith is not even connecting with him for a day we miss we do miss him if we're not going to spend time with him he doesn't want us to miss that time with him he wants to increase that spirit so much that we can hear the word the word he tells you is going to match up with the word in here. It's going to match up to something in here. I mean, that's that's definitely what I've experienced. Everything matches up with the encouragement, the correction, and the order of what he has called us to do. So that's awesome. He said not to worry about that, and he's proven that word. So that's awesome. Praise God. Okay, mm-hmm.
2: so tes- it also happened last night too. All right, so earlier you were talking um, this morning in real estate worship, you mentioned the same scripture and you said how many people do you sit with um, like who you try to go to lunch with whose heart is not with you. I thought that was powerful because on (laughs) Sunday, last Sunday I had text um, an old friend of mine and um, asked her to lunch this week, right? And as soon as I sent the text I felt something like my, my spirit didn't feel good and I was like what is that? So the next morning in worship here God spoke to me, and He said, "Mamie, you need to always be led by my spirit." Yeah. He said, um, "He said there's much demonic activity going on with that person," and He said, "He said she actually has hate in her heart towards you, and you're to stay, keep your distance. I'm healing you, and I don't." He was just letting me know he didn't want me. Yeah. Out, you know, and um, and so last night. Like the thing is, it kind of bothered me because I mean, this person and I used to be like best friends, we used to be really close, you know. Yeah. So I was like, well, um, what in the world did I do for this person to hate me? And so night before last, I had a dream of this person. It was so weird because we were playing Jonah, that the Jonah CD. Yeah. We played that all night on repeat, Carl yeah. and I. Did so you slept d- with me last night. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the dream. It is
0: cute. The dream
2: <laughs> night before last, I saw this person's face and god like there was yeah. there's a part you're getting to the crawly place yes yeah it was you're but it was it was weird because <clears throat> as the cd was playing and i was asleep god had your voice come into my dream it was so crazy as i saw the vision of this person's face i heard the part in this um in the cd where you say there's always going to be envy and jealousy and hate and pride but god you know you got like you were talking about Jonah and his journey yeah I only heard that part in the dream as I saw this person's face. Yeah. So when I woke up, I like I went into week, car, and I went into worship, and I said, I release, I release this person. Like God, if if, if this person's heart is not, if she doesn't have good intentions or whatever, and if I need to keep my distance, I release her. Just continue to give me peace about it, you know, and be okay with loving her with right from a distance. The so last night in worship. Oh my gosh, the presence was really thick. Um, to where like I was on the floor and I was on my back and I could feel the Holy Spirit everywhere and my spirit just moving. I could feel him moving things around. Yeah. yeah. And so he brought the thing back and he said, um, you know, he, he gave me such peace about everything. And he was just saying... You know, it, 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 things are okay. Like I'm, I'm healing you and working on you here. You, it's okay to be se- separated yeah, from. You right. know, you're not like he was just letting me know I can release her. He's got her in his timing. Yeah. So, um, as I'm laying there, something touched my arm and I jumped out. Like it, it felt like I fell some. Like I fell from, like my spirit. I don't know how to explain it, but I jumped out of wherever I was with God. And Mimi was on the on the floor with me with her cell phone, and she showed she had a scripture pulled up, and the scripture. Man, I'm still blown away by this. The scripture said, Jesus said, "They hated me first, and so you know they will hate you too." (laughs) So I sat up. And she was like, I'm sorry I interrupted you in worship. God told me to show you this. Yeah. And so afterwards, I asked her, I said, What happened? And she said, While well, she was in worship, she she seen my face and she seen I like a sadness on my face. Mm-hmm. And she heard God say to pull up the scripture. They hated me first, and they will hate you. You know, you'll know that they'll hate you. And yeah. she said that she could feel me, she could feel me release whatever hatred was coming at me. She could feel me release that to God. Yeah. She knew nothing. I had only shared it with Carl. Yeah, Mimi knew nothing about nothing. So yeah. I thought that was so, she really is hearing from God. Well, she
0: was confirming to you yes. what you were already sensing in your spirit. And your soul was hearing. Right. And then you said what you said this morning. So, like, there's
2: double confirmation, Mm -hmm. you know, um, about having lunch with people whose heart is not with. But I mean, it's a good thing. Like, I I told Carl this morning, like, I really am surprised at how much peace I have about this whole situation. You know, so praise God for that. Well, the
0: one thing is when people move into sanctification, um, I think it's really hard for them to cut the things off of the world because we're so used to the behaviors and the pattern. And the one thing is the more I prayed to the Lord about being in the sanctification, he really set the order of everything, and I didn't have to work hard at any of the changes. He really did make and set. He had Rachel already so busy doing something else that it gave me that alone time. You know what I mean? And Rachel was at an age required more talking and spending time with her. But God aligned the space, aligned the movement, cleared out my house, you know, of everything to get into a real depth. And there wasn't anything in my heart that wanted to go and do the old things I used to do or to go out and eat or go out to, you know what I mean? It was, I was happy in the place of sanctification because I, I didn't know what was going to come of that. Now I know when the spirit's pulling me, well, then I want to stay in that place because I know something good's going to manifest out of it. Like right now, the Lord has me in a lot of worship and prayer and it's increased. You know what I mean? Cause he says, this is a season the more I spend time in that, that means he's going to do something with me and in me. And so, I mean, we just know that this is a lifestyle. Our relationship with Christ is a lifestyle. If we start that lifestyle at Niana's age and we start growing in that lifestyle, man, it's going to be easier for Niana to deal with the battles of the renewing of the mind. Because that's why if if Thomas starts growing, Phineas, they start growing in this, and learning the word, it already said in Joel. the gener—it's gonna, They're going to say it to their generation, to their generation. It's going to keep growing. So we honor God because he is good. And he did not bring anybody here that he hasn't surrounded you with a cloud of witnesses. People that's already been through it. Because getting through the first couple rounds are the hardest. Because they are. They're the hardest rounds. Because there you're just even realizing that he's loving you. And that people can still love you in your ugliness or in your changes. And you really do come here. You can truly be naked here. And just know, I'm I'm working out my salvation so that I can go from glory to glory. Because even as a tent, we have a building in heaven. We have to remember that. We hope into that. And so that's where he is, our hope of glory. He wants us to know. Yes.
1: What time is it? Okay. Oh, I just wanted to say that that um, uh, you know, I I was going to come yesterday, but I I have been re- feeling really, you know, really shut in. You know, for the past oh, couple of weeks, you know, been feeling that that shut in and really been spending that time, and it's awesome because, you know, I normally don't come on Thursdays anymore. I've been coming on Wednesdays or you know Tuesdays, just you know switching. But it's so awesome because it really is confirming what the Lord has been speaking to me on. And um, He told me a couple of days ago. He said. And this was this was because of the Jonah, you know, we because we spoke about it. Yeah, before know. I even taught it. Yeah. Right, and it, um, you know, Lord said, you know, God gives us the choice of submission through obedience, willfully or obedience painfully. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, and he made the choice to go painfully. There is an ultimate submission, and there is pain, but it is my choice on how to handle it. The more I reason with the devil, the more painful it becomes. And, you know, there's, you know, I know there's a shift, there is a shift happening in my life. And, Mm -hmm. and I'm really, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I know whatever it is, it's huge. Mm -hmm. And the Lord has really called me to a place. I was even speaking with my neighbor across the street and it just came out sanctification, you know, and it, and it was, you know, I was, I was speaking to her and she said, you know, um, um, you know, her mom is going through some things and, And she's trying to figure out how how to deal with it. I said, you're never going to know how to deal with something until you set yourself aside. You have to set yourself aside because God is calling you to a higher purpose. You know, and I I was speaking to her, but I realized that I was speaking to myself too because there is something that God is calling me to a higher purpose. Yeah. You know, and um, and it's really interesting because I haven't felt the need to call anybody. I haven't felt the need. I really have felt, felt that shut inness, you know, but it's awesome yeah. because, you know, I've really been seeing the way the Lord is working through, you know, working through me to speak to other people and ministering to them, but also ministering to myself too. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I was talking to a lady yesterday. I said, you know, because I know, I know what the Lord is trying, you know, what is trying to get through me, I say, you know, I really, I really try hard to pray for hum, for humbleness, for humility, because I never want to be too proud to go back to the cross, you know, and a lot of people, you know, as they're growing, as they're maturing, they, they tend to think, you know, oh, well, I can, I've been through that, I can do that, I know how to handle that, but it's not the truth, you know, it's, it's, you know, that's the, that's the pride, and, you know, really, just trying to stay in that humility you know really just but that i mean this was confirmation for me because it's like you know the lord really is calling me to that sanctification and i haven't been completely obedient
0: embracing it
1: right yeah. and and you were saying that um you know you're no you know that you're you know that you're um you're rebelling against sanctification because you start cutting people down and I'm, and I'm noticing things that is, that's going on in my work, you know, that, that I have been playing into, and it's like, that's going to stop now. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it was awesome. This, so it's right on point with what's going that's on. That's why I say
0: when you're stripping somebody else down, that means it's time for your stripping down. <laughs> it is true. It is true. When you can think of, you know what I mean? Because the enemy puffs us up. So if we're puffed up to really bring another person down... You know that is prime, prime season.
2: When I strip Quran down, I got myself stripped, stripped, stripped. <laughs> Praise God for it. For season yeah. but, but that is
0: so true. that really did happen. Yeah. In the yeah. So. Well, it's awesome, though. As long as we're open to, remember, spending time in the Word is what's so important in sanctification. Spending time in worship and the Word, the Word, the Word, meditating on the Word where there's going to be no change, where there is no word because our souls get washed by the, the cleansing of the word of God. And so that's spending time in that word and thinking about it, meditating on it. And you're going to start experiencing the, the changes, but that's going to be the awesome thing because every time the Lord has locked in that word, that one word in me, I know I'll never go back on that word. Because I believe that word, I experience that word. I experience His love in that word. I experience joy in that word. I've experienced peace in that word. I trust Him in that word. And there is a faith that just locks in, and you can't—you don't—you you don't go back. That's where it becomes eternal. It becomes an eternal weight of glory built up in your house in heaven. And that's what amazes me. It's like this is a beautiful process of working out our salvation, going from glory to glory. We have to go through this. We're going to the cross, you know um, But we have to recognize that he doesn't want us to suffer as much as he suffered. Because if we just obey what He showed us, that's what I loved about Mamie's testimony. A year ago he showed her the same scriptures she's now abiding in. But if she abided them in a year ago, imagine where she would be. But the beautiful thing is, they are so firm in her now, she, she's not going anywhere now. Because just her going back and seeing that affirms the movement of her moving. And now she is what? Sharing that testimony, helping others with that testimony. She's being matured. So praise God. All right. Any other questions? Good. Emily, you have such an awesome smile. I love it. Let's pray. (laughs) Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you and we honor you and we glorify you. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. Because it truly is the discerner of our heart. Lord, help us to leave the ministry today and set aside time for you in the Word, to meditate on that Word, ask the Holy Spirit to teach us what the Word has to offer us. Lord, help us to abide in that Word and live by that Word and allow that Word to wash our soul. Lord, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, the living Word of God, who came to sanctify us and show us the way. In which we are to live and move and breathe in you. So, Lord, we thank you and we honor you and we just love on you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Yes.